You are in the trenches of life. You are faced with pressure every day. Family, work, community, all demanding a piece of life. Fatherhood is war, but you continually battle for your soul and the souls in your family. It can feel isolating and exhausting, but there is good news. You have a heavenly father. Because of Jesus, you can be strong, courageous. You can be an intentional father, living with purpose. This is what you are meant for. You will make an impact. You are not alone. Welcome to Dad in the Trenches, a resource for biblical truth, challenge, and encouragement for Christian dads in the trenches of life. Gentlemen, I am glad that you are with us today. I have a real special treat for you all. Um, let me introduce to you Rock Bottomly. Yes, you heard that right. It is Rock Bottomly. Yeah. He is a friend, a uh, longtime mentor, uh, spiritual father, and uh, follower of Jesus, uh, loves his family, loves the Lord. I'm really excited to have him here today with us. Um, you guys are in for a special treat. So, Rock, welcome. Thanks for joining Dad in the Trenches Yeah, today. Good, to, good to be with you. Yeah, good <laughs> um, to be with you. Tell us a little bit just about yourself, uh, your journey, where you come from, uh, what's, yeah. what life looks like right now. Yeah, well, real quick, uh, I grew up in a military family. Dad was a fighter pilot, and so my young years were moving frequently like many military families do. When I grew up, I wanted to follow in his footsteps, so very briefly, I finished high school, uh, went into the Air Force, went to the Air Force Academy, and uh, my dream was to be an astronaut as a young guy. And in those days, all the astronauts came out of the military test pilot program. Okay. So anyway, went through flight school and was a pilot in the Air Force. Uh, during my college years, really, when I came to Christ, and so... Really, my ambitions changed. Uh, not that going into space wasn't a big adventure, but it was a bigger <laughs> adventure, and that was being involved with God and helping people find and follow Him. And so okay. after my military years, I left the Air Force and left flying and uh, trained for ministry and then spent the next, guys, 35 years uh, mostly leading churches with a short spell out at Focus on the Family. Right. Which is really where we got to know each that's other. That's where I got to meet you. I was thinking back this that's morning, right. it was about 2002. Yeah. So we're 17 years, 16 yeah. years into knowing each that's other. Right. You've come a long way since then. <laughs> then you were I, I wasn't even married. And, yeah. No, you no were kids. <laughs> single still in school. Now you're married and children. So you've come a yeah. long way. Tell us about your uh, family, family dynamics now. You've been married to Bev for... Been married, uh, coming up on 45 years. Wow. We have four children. They're all grown. They're all married. And they all have their own children. So we're now in the grandparenting phase of life. We have 13 grandchildren, and that is a great joy. But really, for, for us, as we look back, uh, our children were our, our present greatest joy. And I think that's why I want to talk to you here, because the truth is... When we invest well in the early years, the, mm. the joy, I mean, just the fun of uh, staying connected and being part of their lives when they're adults and they're having their children is just off the charts good. Mm, that's good. That's good. And, and the other thing, too, tell us, um, you know, you've, you've semi-retired, but the interesting thing about the kingdom of God is that what we're used to in American culture 
American culture says, oh, retirement is the goal. Well, yeah. the kingdom of God looks a little different, and yeah. you and Bev are walking this out in a different way of what retirement, quote-unquote retirement, looks like. Tell us what yeah. you all are currently engaged yeah. in and doing. So right yeah. now, um, kind of split my life three ways. I've got uh, family, kids and grandkids are about a third, and then mm-hmm. a third is coaching other pastors, and a third is doing uh, family training, specifically marriage training for young couples. Awesome. Awesome. And that's taken you around the globe as well. You know, we've done it in a number of places, but the main focus is actually continuing to partner with focus on the family in the Mm -hmm. Middle East. Um, In the Middle East, they have a focus on the family branch. It's led by uh, Egyptian nationals, and there's very little family training in the Arabic church. So Mm -hmm. what we're doing is writing a marriage training curriculum that nationals can... uh, used to train peoples in their churches and communities, yeah. uh, specifically for the Arabic-speaking church, which is, uh, there's a lot of the church that is laced through the Islamic world across the North Africa and Middle East. So mm. that's what we're doing. We're writing that, they're translating it, and then uh, we're set this summer to begin uh, teaching it out there. That's awesome. That's really awesome. So um you mentioned something earlier about you know your dad having a huge influence. Um, talk a little bit more about your dad's presence, what all that looked like, how that, what that meant for you growing up, young man, uh, older. Yeah, you know, uh, dad in many ways. Uh, Did you grow up in a believing home? Uh, no, uh, we didn't. We grew up in a very active, lots of engagement with each other home. So there was a lot of really good things, but. Obviously, one of the big holes was uh, Dad had just... It's interesting, as a young man, uh, in his teen years, he actually dreamed of being a preacher, but he went off to college, lost his faith, and mm. so when I would have... He would have engaged with me, he was... He uh, basically taught us two things about God. One was that he didn't exist. Um, mm. Maybe I should reverse it. One was that... For some people, that was a very important thing in their life. So he said, don't ever make fun of that. Hmm. But he said, the truth about God is he doesn't exist. Interesting. And he just taught us, uh, you know, that people are afraid of death. And so they made up God. Along with God comes heaven, the Hmm. hope of seeing dead people again. And he said, that's how we got God. Uh, Man made God, not the other way around. Interesting. And so he said, what becomes of your life is what you make of it. There's nobody out there to either help Hmm. you or stand in your way. Um, now, it's interesting. I, I would say that at the same time, Dad really embraced, uh, he was kind of that war generation that embraced Christian values but rejected Jesus and God. Yeah. So he did. He taught us, guys, he taught us respect, respect for authority and responsibility and telling the truth and integrity and, and servanthood and mm-hmm. really a, a lot of the, he prepared us to meet Jesus and follow him even though he didn't believe in him. So there's a lot that I'm grateful for. But in many ways, my dad was, if I were just honest, and it's taken me a long time to really realize this, he was both the best of dads and the worst of dads. Hmm. Best in the sense he was really engaged with us. He had fun with us. He he trained us and pushed us uh, towards what was right and good in many ways. Uh, He was, uh, again, he... He very much connected with us, you know, scout leader, uh, sports coach, all of that. Right. Very involved. Very involved. And, and, very, and very concerned with us, with shaping us. He had uh-huh. dreams for our life. He wanted us to be significant. And so, boy, he steered us hard away from the things yeah. 
drugs, alcohol, you know, that kind of thing that would have really, uh, could have really train wrecked our life in the early yeah. days. He was very formative. Uh, so that was true. Uh, but it's also true uh, he was gone a lot. He was mm -hmm. really absent. His career was really his, mm -hmm. his, uh, the driving force in his life. And so he was home, fortunately, for a lot of my life. But, but later he was gone a lot. Mm -hmm. um, he, was, he was an alcoholic. And so just the pressures of his ambition put him under a lot of stress. And he coped with that by drinking. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, you know, a lot of mixed messages about sure. being responsible. And yet uh, there was a life that was kind of chaotic. Right. Uh, he was not faithful to my mother. So there was, there mm -hmm. was the, the, that led to divorce. And so there was that tragedy. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and then spiritually, he just... You know, didn't know the most important part of life, which right. is life with God. So, yeah. wonderful things about God, and then some really scarring things. Yeah. Well, and then tell us too. You you came to faith um, at the Air Force Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly, Dad taught us, you know, that God wasn't there, and He wasn't trying to be mean or contrary. It's just what He came to believe. And but it's interesting as a young fellow. Uh, and I think this is true of all of us. All of us know deep down in our... We all have a spirit. Just mm -hmm. as we have eyes and ears that pick up light and sound waves, we have a spirit that is aware of God. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that's true of all of us. You know, God tells us eternity is in our hearts. The invisible things of him from the creation are mm -hmm. plainly seen. We can understand. We can't always articulate. Anyway, so I, so I grew up thinking of all the things Dad taught, I thought this is one thing I think he's wrong. I began praying, even though I didn't know God, didn't know Jesus, didn't know the Bible. I thought somebody's out there. Mm -hmm. But I had no idea how to find him. And I figured when I died, I'd get to see God. And my religion was pretty simple. I just wanted to try to live a good life so that when he saw me, he'd like me. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, uh, that, and, and my faith actually grew uh, through my high school years. I studied science, I know. Uh, and that, that was kind of my interest was science and math. And I realized you can go from matter to energy, but you can't get something from nothing. So something mm. started this. Interesting. Very simple, uh, <laughs> but, but, you know, very reasonable, really. I mean, that's, yeah. that's why God says, you know, we, we know him. Can, there's lots of reasons you can see and if yeah. you stop to think. Anyway, so I go off to college, and in my first year, I had a roommate who was a committed Christian uh -huh. fellow, not ashamed of his faith. Interesting, he's the first guy who had the courage to speak about God. Interesting. I know there, were, there must have been men and women in my high school class, but nobody ever expressed that I could remember a vital faith. Mm -hmm. uh, there was just fear, and it was just not politically correct, and so everybody kind of was intimidated. So nobody ever talked, but I was mm -hmm. always looking for somebody. Anyway, this guy um, asked me very plainly, have you thought about God, heard about Jesus, read uh -huh. the Bible? And then I told him what Dad had taught me. I taught, told him what I believed. You know, God was there, and I'd see him when I died. Anyway, he explained I didn't have to wait to die to see God. That was what the life of Jesus was about. Yeah. And so he explained, of course, Jesus came down to show us God, what he's like. He died to pay the penalty for our, our wrong, our sin, rose from the dead so we could know that he's, yeah. he's the promised Savior. Yeah. Anyway, that's where I came to Christ. That's awesome. As a freshman out at the Air Force Academy. That's awesome. Thanks for that.
tell us kind of in the process of, okay, I got married at this point in life. This is when we started having kids. Yeah. Where, where were you in being in the military, making a change, yeah. going off to further schooling, that sort of thing? Okay. Kind of your dad in the trenches seasons of life of yeah. this is when it got really challenging and difficult. Yeah. So um, after graduating from the academy, I went to flight school and was a pilot in the military. And uh, I want to mention this because there was about a, well, there was a five-year period where I was single after graduation. And, and I just say this, I think... Um, and those, those years were very significant. Um, I think just being single, there's a season of life where I think it comes a season where if you're supposed to be married, God wants you to be married. But before that, there may be a season where he really doesn't want you to be married. He wants you to be focused on him and uh, the things that he wants to do in your life before you get married. And I just say that because those five years were very significant years. They were years of... Of, uh, I lived in, in an apartment with some other men who were serious about walking with God. I learned right. to disciple men, learned to lead ministry, that kind of thing. That's good. And I just say that because often as parents, we, we want our kids to get married, and sometimes we can, we can overlook the importance of the single years and allowing them to get ready mm-hmm. for that. So I just mentioned that because those were very significant years. Anyway, five That's years good. after marriage, I... Met my wife, uh, Bev. Um, I was actually working in a ministry called The Navigators, worked with them. While I was a pilot in the Air Force, my wife was graduated from college. She went with Campus Crusade and was working with young women in the military. We met and married. And uh, that, of course, is when life takes a huge jump <laughs> up. I always thought I was a very nice person until I got married. And I found out how sensitive, how easily I get my feelings hurt, how quickly I'd get angry if I didn't get my own way. There's a lot of stuff. So marriage, I always tell guys, there's three things God kind of herds us into by the way he's made us. And all of them are designed to Teach us, transform us from takers to givers. Right. And the first one's getting a job where you have to show up (laughs) and work. And that's a huge, I say that because that's a huge part of God's plan of making us more like him and teaching us, teaching us to put others ahead of ourselves. So it starts with work, then marriage, and then finally, of course, having children. Having children (laughs) is the highest step it's the biggest step up because you can fool your boss you can intimidate your mate but there's no reasoning with a newborn (laughs) you just have to you have to serve them you have to become a servant you have to give so anyway uh five years after graduation bev and i married and a year after we were married we had our first child and that's kind of the beginning of fathering for me okay that's great. And and then um, from there, you were still, you were with Navigators, or that changed at that yeah, point? Yeah, you know, I kept my close association with the Navigators through my college years, through my military years, which were seven. And then when I f- left the military, I went to a school down at Dallas, Dallas Theological Seminary. Mm-hmm. And there my, my affiliation really changed. I began to connect more with the local church. And uh, so anyway, by the time Bev and I married, uh, we were just kind of finishing up our stretch with the NAVs and making the transition to really serving and being involved in a local church. And mm-hmm. So that's, that's what that's great. it was about. And then tell us the spacing of your kids, how, yeah, how they we came had, along. We had three very quickly. So we had ex- three within three years. Okay. And uh, so we had three in diapers at one time. <laughs> and uh, we thought, like all 
couples who have any in diapers that were going <laughs> to die because it just felt <laughs> overwhelming, low sleep and nonstop, yes. nonstop work. Definitely in the trenches. Uh, lots of lots of fun, but lots of work. And then we had a fourth, uh, anyway, six years into marriage. So we okay. had four in six years. Okay. And three boys and a girl. And it's it's been a while since those years, but looking back, thinking about that, you know, other dads in the trenches in that same spot of life right now, yeah. kids in diapers, multiple kids in diapers, <clears throat> what are just some real simple things that you can encourage them with yeah. and give them perspective on? Well, I just think, I think uh, it's lots of work. And if you're tired and you feel like you're working hard, you need to know there's no silver bullet or secret pill you can take. It just takes a lot of work to raise young children. Mm-hmm. And I do think, you know, in that phase, um, I'll tell you, in that phase, the things that are really crucial are... Uh, one is giving your wife a break. Hmm. Uh, you just have to realize you have to put your golf clubs away hmm. and wh- or whatever it is that's kind of your your hobby because right. that it, it's just you can't really if 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 you're honest if you're going to take care of your wife take care of that kid it's all hands on deck so uh-huh. so it is it's a time to realize there'll be a time to pull pull out the toys again. But this is the time to put the toys away and really bear down and, and, and help your wife out. Mm. And that, you know, what does that look like? Well, on a daily basis, it often looks like, you know, helping in the morning, uh, getting them up. It may uh, help, you know, taking a shift at night. If you're bottle feeding, it certainly means when you come home, you know, and you're used to, as a no-children couple, you can come home and just kind of relax. But right. you kind of need to shift gears in your head. You're in a new season. Uh-huh. And so often, guys, helping helping with the dishes after dinner, helping put little ones down to bed yeah. is just a huge part. Yeah. And, and it, that'll pay great dividends down, down the roads because that's the evenings, particularly the evenings, I find, are dad's time to bond with kids. Mm. When our kids were young, uh, you know, there are a number of things when they were real little kids that I think were helpful. Uh, I would say fun and play. Uh, When I think of fathering, the first thing I think is is the willingness to play with your kids. Now, love as a father has lots of expressions, Mm -hmm. but the expression that a young kid understands uh, that you love them is when you play with them. So for me, that was a lot of time on the carpet, rolling around, <laughs> playing. You know, when they were real young, I'd toss them in the air. That's kind of, you know, out of bounds with child protection agencies. But I was a good catch, and they loved it. And so uh, I didn't ever drop them, and they loved me tossing them up and spinning them around and throwing them on the couch and popping a pillow on top of them. That's play. And then down on the carpet, you know, rolling around, wrestling, horse rides, that kind of thing. Yeah. So play is real important in those young years. Uh, bedtime is real important. I just mm. found that that was, that was the, my job was to get them to bed. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's always a challenge. You know, it's like popcorn. Right. <laughs> you get them in. We had four of them young. We actually had them all in one room. They had uh, bunk beds and a trundle bed, one in each bunk bed, yeah. two in the trundle bed. And those were precious years. Yeah. And those day after day, night after night. So what would we do? We, uh, 
yeah, we had a. I, I learned quickly that it's hard to get them all in because they're like ping pong balls in the bathtub. <laughs> you know, get them all in. Somebody wants a drink. Somebody wants to go to the bathroom. Somebody. Needs we call to that whack a mole at night. Right, whack a mole. <laughs> right, whack a. But then those were precious times. Uh, I'd read to the kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd read. I'd read Bible stories, but I also read kind of children's books. Mm-hmm. I just lay in bed, lay in the trundle bed with them. Yeah. And they all love that. Yeah. And they listen. And then, uh, uh, so we'd read, and we're not long. We're just talking about maybe 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then uh, and then we'd pray together very simply, and they'd want to pray. But, you know, uh, Aaron, those day after day, night after night, uh, that probably paid more dividends mm. than any special treat or trip to Disney World. It was right. the daily time, laying in the bed, yeah. reading to them, enjoying them, praying with them, yeah. saying goodnight. Yeah. with our own earthly fathers and so the things you're talking about there closeness proximity loving pouring yourself out being having fun with them all those things that's really good and I I do think and that is I mean that's one principle of fathering it's the Mm -hmm. things you do daily that make the deepest impression most lasting impression Mm -hmm. it's not the extravagant trip to Hawaii or Disney World you know once every two years Uh it's the daily stuff that shapes yeah. Heart connection. That's good. Um, fast forward a little bit more too, you know, whether you're early, um, early teenage years or teenage years, um, for those dads that may be listening that are, find themselves yeah. in those situation scenarios, yeah. you know, give us some, some, some practical things as you look back on yeah. these are the things we really enjoyed or that were hard yeah. and challenges we came through. Here's, here's how the yeah. word met us in that. Yeah. Uh, you know, just as, as I'm thinking through the different stages of life, uh, fathering for me was kind of four pillars. The first one was fun. And again, that's the language that kids really understand. And uh, the second, of course, is some kind of instruction. We are called, I mean, we are called to be parents. We have a responsibility mm-hmm. to figure out what's important and what's right and what's yeah. good and to teach our kids what that is. Sure. Um, you know, the third is just responsibility. And, and very early, Bev and I started giving the kids responsibility so they understand just the, the responsibility to help shoulder their, their load and start with very simple things. You know, and the last is discipline. When, when they cross the boundaries to bring consequences so that, I mean, they all understand that. Anyway. Yeah. But... So, but I want to talk about fun because that's really, in my mind, that's the most important. If a kid feels love, then they will allow you, they will learn from you because they'll watch you and admire you. Yeah. They'll receive your discipline as, as not harsh and mean, but as, as something that's an expression of love. And, and they'll shoulder their part of the load because they see you shouldering your part of the load. Mm. So play is big. So let me just run that forward. So when the kids were in elementary school, uh, I loved sports. I always grew up playing sports. So for me, uh, I would, 
and they love that. So I would coach their teams. Yeah. So big chunk of the elementary years, kind of the pre-middle school years, as far as fun was being involved with them, coaching their teams, that sort of thing. Yeah. And uh, and then as they moved up into the uh, uh, middle school and high school years, uh -huh. then fun is more like taking them out for a lunch. And there were stretches where four kids, four weeks in a month, so I'd try to take one kid out. Uh -huh. They all love getting checked out of school and going to <laughs> CeCe's Pizza or something. You know? <laughs> and so that fun there became more taking them out on a special time regularly. Yeah. And uh, so that's kind of how, you know, fun changes through the, the years. Yeah. So we, we love doing family night. And mm -hmm. our kid, we figured out our kids love contemporary worship music and they love pizza. And so we would, uh, <laughs> as they got older, you know, we went from laying in bed, Bible stories, praying with them to a family night. We'd turn the lights out, lay on the floor, listen to, you know, affectionate, intimate worship music that they mm -hmm. loved. And then we'd have pizza and then... And we'd have a, we'd, we'd do something, play a game, or we'd have a question. Often we'd have a question that we'd pass around. Yeah. So things change. Like you said, things change as kids age. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. As you look back as your own fathering, lessons learned, what are things that you felt like, man, if I could do that over again, this right. is what I'd change. This is what, what here are the mistakes I made. Yeah. And then also, this is what I feel like the Lord gave me the grace to do really well. Yep. Yeah, well, let's start with the mistakes. You know, I had, I, had the, I had the opportunity to write an article for a magazine on, on parenting, and I did that. And then I thought, let's, you know, you know, I, I know what I think I did that was good, but let's ask the kids. <laughs> and we did. We included it as part of the article. That's they funny. interviewed all four kids and said, okay, what was good and what do you wish they'd done differently? And there were two things our kids said that they wished we would have done differently. I wish I'd have done differently because I think my Bev actually did this better than I did. But the one I mentioned fun, <clears throat> but you know, I think there was a season, and I know that's that's important, and I know I try to do that. But I also know that as responsibilities at work got heavier, I just became more preoccupied, hmm. and my energy at home dropped down, and my headspace got filled with work stuff. Hmm. As a pastor, is you know the next Sunday message just kind of grabbed me and by the throat and kind of held my attention. Anyway, I, I became more serious and less fun, and that's one of the things I said. I said, Dad, I just wish you would have uh, had more fun with us, particularly in those teen years mm -hmm. uh, where I got preoccupied and weighed down just by work. And uh, so more fun and lighter, and l we would have laughed more. And it's, yeah, there was a season where I was, I was just tired and serious. And so that's a good thing to remember is our, our kids understand laughter. You know, if we, want, if we want to communicate that God is good, uh, we have to maintain our own joy and ability to mm. laugh because kids feel that. Mm. The other thing, it's interesting, the other thing, even though I was a pastor and a preacher and used to preaching, um, that they said is they wished I would have talked more uh, seriously about the things of life. They wished that I'd have, I'd have talked to them more directly about sex and about mm. relationships. Mm. I wish I would have talked to them more about 
thought with them more carefully about shaping professions and how do they decide what to go into. Mm. Uh, would have even talked to him, as opposed to preaching at him from up front, talked to right. him just about just the wonder of God and the kingdom of God so they could yeah. get inside my head, not just hear my lectures. So fun and then adult talk. Huh. What do you feel like the Lord gave you as far as grace, things that, that went really well? I think the things that went well... Uh, were some of the things I think I actually did better with them in the early years. Mm. I, I tell people I'm really good with kids until I get to be about five, and then they <laughs> outmature me. <laughs> I think my my level of fun is tossing kids in the air and wrestling on the ground and being more of a cartoon character. To them. Well, my kids love that about you when you're with them. I mean, they, they love that. <laughs> so. I do. I think I did the young years very well. Those uh -huh. things, the bedtime stuff. You know, the other big thing, and I think I did this well all the way through. I just love Bev. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really love my wife. Yeah. Uh, I love her romantically. I think yeah. she's beautiful and sexy and attractive. And, <laughs> and I just love watching her and, and having her around. She brings great joy. And I, and I express that openly. Yes. So there's lots of affection. That's good. You know, hugging her and pinching her on the butt and you know, <laughs> kissing and all that stuff. And the kids pick that up. And, and they, they, that was a security thing uh -huh. for them. Yeah. And then I think the last thing, I think both Bev and I just have a genuine... You know, we genuinely love God and fear God and want to walk with God and want our lives to count for him. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, obviously, the most precious thing we can pass to our kids is a sense of God's love for them yeah. and a sense that the main thing in their life is to love him back and reflect that love to others. I mean, yeah. that's going to make the difference between life and death. Yeah. You know, their ability to do life in a way that works here. Yeah to make their work life and their home life. I mean, those things only work when we are have a devoted, genuine hmm. life with God. That's good. Well, Rock, our time is about out here. Um, I would love to have you back and us continue the conversation a little more, if that's okay. Um, I know our yeah. listeners would really benefit from that. So, um, one, thank you for joining us and sharing your dad in the trenches experience with us. Yeah. But before you go... Um, would you just take a minute and, and pray for us and yeah. uh, pray for the dads that are out there. Bless us with, yeah. with what you've got. Yeah, good. Father, I'd pray for these men. I pray that you'd fill them with your spirit and that you'd impart to them your love. Lord, you give them your mercy, your forgiveness, your patience, your, your generosity, your kindness. And I just ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rock. And, and before we go to... Um, how can guys further connect with you? Um, how can they support some of the, the ministry that you're involved mm -hmm. in now? Um, what's the best way? Yep. You know, I, I like, uh, I'm behind you. You've got a website, all that. I really don't have that, but I'd love to chat with them by email. So my email okay. is rockbottomly at gmail.com. Great. So R-O-C-B-O-T-T-O-M-L-Y at gmail. Okay, great. We'll find a way to get that up on the website as well for guys' reference should they need that. So, okay. Thanks so much, Rock. Appreciate Enjoyed it. it. Okay. Thanks for listening. For more content and resources, check out the website at dadinthetrenches.com or on social media at Dad in the Trenches. And be sure and click on subscribe to stay up to date with new podcasts.
walk out the heroic fatherhood you were called to live. 